step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pacific and said, Why do you send out a blind school for African American children? They're like, Well, we don't even know that there are any black blind children of color blind children. So using the Federated Club Women Network, she had the access to places all over the state, and they did a census and literally came back to the state legislature with a list. These are the number of children who need blind services. And the state of Mississippi initially gave the money to the Pontywood School for the first state school for blind children. And it was there from 1929 until 19. So she showed that by working together, we could address issues such as blindness. She also noticed that African-American boys were being sent to parchment for stealing a loaf of bread. And if you don't believe that, do a tour of parchment. I'm not recommending anybody to go to parchment to stay <laughs> but they do allow you to tour. And they will proudly show you pictures of 10 and 11-year-old boys who basically stole a loaf of bread and they ended up in parchment. Now in Columbia, Mississippi, you had a training school for white boys. So here again, using her network of federated women on the property that they still own now in Clinton, she established the first school, training school for African American boys. And it remained there until the state took it over and moved it to Learned, Mississippi, to what we now call Oakland Training School. So that is a vivid example of Ujima, collective work and responsibility, pulling together to all make our community better. Mrs. Grace Morris Allen Jones. Angela, and as you know, Wonderful Progress does a huge Kwanzaa celebration at the end of the year, but we want to remind people throughout the year that Kwanzaa is to be celebrated throughout the year, not just December 26th through January 1st, so please remember that. Um, at this time, we will be having the Dorothy Stewart Leadership Award presented by Ms. Angela Stewart, Vice President of Wonderful Progress, and her sister, Monica Stewart-Wilson. Okay. Yeah, 
have to congratulate her. Hello, I'm again, Yasomia, Angela's <laughs> daughter of the founder of Women for Progress, Mrs. Dorothy Stewart. And it's my honor because Attorney Slaughter is somebody I've always admired. Um, her work as from her time as a TVU student to her work as a civil rights attorney here in Mississippi. But even deeper than that, I work, I've worked with her sister Charlotte in my work at the Margaret Walker Center because Charlotte Slaughter Moment uh, was a dedicated uh, mentee of Margaret Walker Alexander as well as serving as the first um, director of the Margaret Walker Alexander Library. And then in Scott County, the five C's <laughs> um, in the history of economic development that her family, the Slaughter family, find, provided in Scott County, we are also a great admirer of that. So at this time, we would like to present attorney Constance Slaughter Harvey with the Dorothy Stewart Award for Wonderful Progress.
to get it wrong. You recently were recognized in an amazing way at UMC. Will you share that with us? I think the, uh, the recognition you're talking about is that uh, I was like, regionally named executive director of the State Medical Association.
Morris for um, just being a champion that you are um, for women um, in this community. Um, I'm so humbled, um, as always, to be in your presence and also to be in this place with my mom. So my mom, mom, would you stand up? Oh, wow. <laughs> She currently holds a de an associate's degree in nursing from Holmes Community College, a bachelor's of science degree in sociology from the University of Southern Mississippi, Mississippi, a bachelor's of science degree in nursing from the University of Southern Mississippi, and a master's of science degree in nursing from all across state universities. <laughs> Ms. Dustin is currently licensed as a registered nurse, an advanced practice registered nurse, and a family nurse practitioner. She constantly strives to educate herself in the medical field to provide the best care for her patients. And I'll tell you how I met her. I 
actually, I was scrolling Facebook, as most of us do, and I saw Gerald Moffat make a post about her. Um, Kamisha obviously was having some issues, some sinus issues, and she made a house call um, to the Moffat residence. And I said, hmm, I don't know anybody that comes to your house to see about you. Right. <laughs> so, in that manner, so I said, we have got to recognize her. So today, you all, I present Woman Owned Business of the Month, this Stacia Dawson. Um, for what he's doing in my life, for what he's doing in my professional career path. I started this journey six months ago, stepping only out of faith, not knowing how I would make it, but I trusted God and I took that leap of faith. Um, for today, I'm humbled, yet elated, to receive this recognition. It is truly a blessing. We never know who's watching us, so it's always best to stay always up in the front and just, just trust God with the process because God will take care of you. Um, it is truly a blessing to be honored by women of such high standards and professional excellence. Your work in the community and drive to uplift and be a resource for African-American women is such a blessing to us all. It encourages us that think we can't make it, know that we can. Looking around this room, I am definitely just floored by the women that I see that are making such great progress in the state of Mississippi that look like me. I accept this recognition with an humble and grateful heart. Being selected as a new entrepreneur in healthcare has further strengthened my faith walk, and that what may look impossible for me is possible with God. I thank my husband of 14 years for being my biggest fan. I thank my parents who taught me about entrepreneurship. I look back and think on my grandparents who are were women in health, well, women that were entrepreneurs. I look back to them for over 30 years. And they definitely helped me become who I am today. Thank you to my mentors, one that is in the room, Angela Wright, owner of Harmony Court, who has taken me by the hand and led me to this point that I'm in in healthcare. And it is once again just a blessing to stand here today and receive this recognition for the women of progress, women for progress. And I thank you for the opportunity. Judge in Mississippi in 1975. She 
She is one of the founders and only female of the National Black Law Students Association and the Black Law Students Association at the University of Mississippi is named in her honor. Attorney Constance Slaughter-Harvey, former Assistant Secretary of State and General Counsel, is founder and president of Legacy Education and Community Empowerment Foundation Incorporated. She is the recipient of over 600 awards, including but not limited to the American Bar Association's Margaret Brent Award and the Mississippi Bar Association's Susie Blue Buchanan Award, which are the highest honors bestowed on female attorneys. She's also the recipient of the Argus Brown Award and Woman of the Woman Lawyer of the Year Award. She is a life member of Girl Scouts of America, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the Magnolia Bar Association and Foundation, and National Bar Association, among many others. Attorney Slaughter Harvey has filed more than 200 legal actions, including the lawsuit desegregating the Mississippi Highway Patrol and the lawsuit against the state and city of Jackson for the wrongful deaths of students James Green and Philip Gibbs at Jackson State in 1970. She is one of the original attorneys in the Ayers lawsuit and filed many voting rights and redistricting cases. She is the mother of Constance Olivia Slaughter Harvey Burwell, James, her son-in-law, and the nanny to grandson who's here with us today, James Arthur Emmanuel Burwell III, affectionately known as Trey. I first met our speaker as a law student. I can't remember what year it was. I can't remember where we were. I think it was maybe a Magnolia Bar Symposium or some event like that. I don't even remember what we talked about, but I remember upon our first meeting, everybody referred to her as Mama Connie. <laughs> I have called her that since that day. She's never told me that it wasn't okay, but as I thought about introducing her today, I thought it probably would have been prudent of me to ask maybe 12 years ago, is it okay to talk to What I do remember about that day is that she made me feel loved, encouraged, and empowered. And it is my pleasure to introduce to you my mama cousin. <laughs> Angela 
has been looking at me since I got here. I thought something was wrong with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. She didn't tell me a wink or eye. So, uh, I am really truly honored, Angela. And I appreciate your reference to African-American history and the role that women played in making this a better world for our children, particularly in the state of Mississippi. Uh, we have a very rich heritage. Amen. And Kamisha, you may call me Mama Connie any day of the week, especially because you're young. Now, I've had some of my former students who are older than I can call them. I can tell you, I But young folks, we really, we really have that relationship. It's fine. Now, don't y'all all, all folks. <laughs> but to me, it's, uh, it's affection. And if I can empower any young woman or young man, I think that's why God put me on this earth. Shortly after my retirement in 2011, I wanted to give some credence and credibility to our effort to empower young children and their families in Scott County. My parents. And Angela must not have been counting because the sixties. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> My parents opened a store called Sixties Superman, and because of that that building, that store, uh, we were able to empower African Americans with uh, capital. And there were several businesses there: funeral homes uh, and beauty salons. But we came up with something that uh, was open to everybody. And <clears throat> following that, my father's death in uh, 1981, my mother envisioned a library for children in the Slaughter subdivision and opened an office. It was partially my office as private practice, but we converted that into to a, a reading room we now call a library. And we had Girl Scouts, we had everything, because there was really nothing for African-American children in Scott County. And my parents dedicated their lives to helping young children and their families. And we operated the Saw Memorial Foundation for at least 30 years. And upon my retirement, I decided to change my advocacy approach as opposed to being an advocate in court to be an advocate outside of court and to empower young people to be able to speak for themselves in a very respectful manner. Mm -hmm. And with respect comes results. So we founded, my daughter and I on her birthday, we founded Legacy Education and Community Empowerment Foundation. And I invite each of you to check uh, Facebook or website or something. I don't do Facebook, she does. And uh, she does all the social media. I know absolutely nothing about you know, anything. Twitter, the only thing I know about Twitter is that Trump should stay off of Twitter. <laughs> That's all I know about. That's all I know about. <laughs> but Tanisha, I want to thank you for, for being the kind of young woman that all of us in this room who started out years ago that we want and that we want to leave in charge. Uh, you are a very pleasant person, smartest of whip. You would never know 
because she, she's quiet. And quiet strength is dangerous. So you're powerful, young lady, and I'm very, very proud of you, and I, I want to thank you so very much. And to Miss Mary, I thought my mother made sacrifices, and uh, I know she did. She gave up her career. Uh, she stopped school to Tupelo. She was one of the smartest people I've ever met. She stopped school, and she started having her children, and her husband, my father, lost his hand in the service. And her life was dedicated to us. Um, I want to let you know that my admiration and respect for you is parallel And for a mother to dedicate her life, and I really mean <coughs> seriously dedicate her life to her children. Um, I'm going to ask you all to give her another round of applause. perspective that we look at when we talk about the future of women here in Mississippi. Your daughter will be successful, and she will be in a position to hire someone to clean up after her. <laughs> I am really sort of caught off guard, because I was eating some cake when Angela called my name, so I never got over that part. <laughs> I do want to refer to some notes that I made. But uh, Deanna, you and Miss and Pastor Tony were absolutely excellent. Uh, you always bring, and I, this is the first time I've heard Pastor Tony, uh, Tanya, but you always bring tears to my eyes. And you two are the future of women in the state of Mississippi. We can talk all day about specifics, but when we see living examples, it makes my heart very happy to know that the work that we've done is not in vain. If the first woman God made was strong enough to turn the world upside down all along, then these together ought to be able to turn it back and get it right side up again. Right. Now that statement is from a woman that I admire, admire, respect, and love, so turn the truth. And the statement was made at the Women's Rights Convention in Akron, Ohio in 1851. And ladies, there are no true words ever spoken. Collectively, you're powerful, as Angela has pointed out. <coughs> But divided, we are totally destructive. <laughs> Women progress, I have watched you from the metropolitan area of Forest for the past 41 years. And I commend you for continuing to keep the faith and challenging the system by your awareness, advocacy, and action. I want to give the Women of Progress, Women for Progress, the Mississippi Around the Applause, I ask you to As part of the International <clears throat> Year of the Woman in 1976, I researched and published a work called The Legal Status of Homemakers in Mississippi. Oh, oh, oh. 
But it wasn't until I started doing that research that I realized that Mississippi was first in something. <laughs> Mississippi was the first state to recognize the rights of married women as equal to their spouses. In 1839, Mississippi led the nation in removing <coughs> married women's legal disabilities through passage of the Married Woman's Property Act. And I'm not going to read that to you. I encourage you to. Uh, check your Twitter, check one of those things. <laughs> and even at that time, while I was amazed, um, I didn't realize that the state of Mississippi, even then, had not ratified the 19th Amendment. And, 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 and ladies, we were voting, and the legislature had not even taken care of it. It was not until March 27, 1984, that an all-male and all-white Mississippi State Senate officially sanctioned women's right to vote. And I remember that day as if it were yesterday. Francis Savage, a white Republican from Brandon, was embarrassed. I can see her face now. And Barbara Powell, who worked with the League of Women Voters, I can see them chatting and almost scratching their heads. And even more so, it's not until June 5th, 1968, that Mississippi passed a law making women eligible to serve on state court juries. That legislation was signed by Governor John Bell Williams. It was a female senator from Hines County, Jean Nivier, who was able to trick those men into not knowing what they were doing. She stuck it in on the back of a bill. It was a finance bill. And they say she sat there smiling and grinning <laughs> as they argued about the amount of money <laughs> as opposed to what they were doing. Once again, we were the last state take that step. When I finished law school in 1970, I was acutely aware of the absence of blacks and females on Mississippi juries. During my last, during my first eight years of practice, I never had a black female, a black male, or a woman juror. Even though I filed, at that time, at least 25 lawsuits to get black folks on the jury. The problem then was you have to get black folks on the venari. That's a panel that you select jurors from. And that venari is allegedly made up of people who have registered. Now even though we got black folks and women on the venari, you still had another hurdle to overcome. And that was a preemptory challenge. Because back then, if, if a, a lawyer didn't like the way I looked at him, he could strike me. And, and judges were inclined to say, okay, you can talk to that. I've actually seen them strike at least 25 people in a row, mm -hmm. all of whom were African Americans. Supreme Court later dealt with that, but I'm kind of leery now about the Supreme Court. You know, um, I'm leery, but I'm not worried. 
because I know I can do just so much. And uh, we talk about the rights we have now as women, as African Americans. Remember how hard many of us in this room worked for voter elimination of voter ID. I specifically remember working with this organization to try to change the, the, the problems here in voting in the state of Mississippi. When I was Assistant Secretary of State, my main objective was to get black folks registered and vote. And I'm not going to stand up here and say my main objective was to get everybody. My main objective was to get black folks registered <laughs> and vote. Because there were enough people on the other side who were out there trying to do the same thing for their constituents. So we struggled, we did without, and we walked, and we made deals. <clears throat> and I remember the day I was over in Paris getting ready to leave court. Somebody told me that voter ID had passed. And that was a low, low, low in my life. Then when I found out that one of the legislators of the forest had voted in favor of voter ID, it was hard. <laughs> and so that's why I say we made, we made a lot of changes. We made a lot of strides. We were moving, we are moving, but be careful. If we don't remain vigilant, we'll be back where we start. And we can bow and say yes, but we got to do more than that. We have to make certain young folks understand the importance of registry. That's first. And then the necessity, just like breathing, the necessity to vote. Even though you don't like none of them, Vote anyway. You know, say any, mean, mine, mold, whatever. But vote. Too many people have died, have sacrificed, have lost everything to make certain we have the right to vote. And my heart is so happy when I look at the number of young folks running for office. I am delighted. And it's about time that we. African Americans who have done what we can do, we need to step back and push these young folks on. We don't need to stay out there and pretend that we got the same energy.
very, very difficult to have to start all over and realize that your skin was black yesterday, is black today, and black tomorrow. And I'm not encouraging you not to go in and integrate. I'm praying that you don't assimilate. Because we can tell you about integration. We can tell you the pros and the cons. And we can tell you about what we lost. We lost two generations. And now we're trying to deal with these generations who were lost between the cracks with training schools. Black kids not knowing who they are because the parents didn't know who they were. Black kids not knowing their history. So how can you expect white folks to know your history if you don't know your history yourself? That's why I've had my grandson come along with me. Especially our black boys. <clears throat> and women, progress, you have done a phenomenal job in encouraging women to be about making a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to remain relevant in Jackson. I mean, I say it just like I, I mean about it. <laughs> Sometimes you got too many folks in Jackson who know everything and nobody knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you got too many folks who want to help themselves and not help the children. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons that I felt compelled to return to Forest. There are young people who need basic, basic help. There are young people who need to know that they can be somebody. Mm -hmm. There are young people who need help because they can't get it at home. There are young folks who need some kind of role model because the mama is never there. When she's there, she's on drugs, and the daddy ain't never there. So what do we expect these kids to grow up to be? Another statistic. Somebody who has to be shipped to Oakland. And then we asked ourselves when they decide they're going to commit a crime. Why did they do that? We don't even have to ask ourselves that because we already know. I want to use this opportunity to also let you know that I did some research about the number of women uh, in public office, and that deals with where, what is the future for women in Mississippi is bright, very bright. And you just look at the number of folks who are women who are running for office in this room. I'm going to ask you to stand up. Women who run for office, stand up. Now, All right. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? Everyone, everyone are brilliant. There's not anybody up there who can't read better than you can read. <laughs> they are well prepared. That, that's our future. And I'm going to say, men won't feel bad. My cousin won't be looking at me like this.
relaxing. You got more black voters than you got white voters. So, you know, you feel like, man, you know, I don't know. But you look at the state, and that's the challenge. Because you got parts of the state where, even before Trump, if, if you said something about a black person holding a position in a particular part of the state, you got serious problems. I mean, life and death problems. So to say that you're running for a public office statewide <coughs> speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And we have a young lady who has prepared herself to run, a lady who has taken positions sometimes that I disagree with, but she believes I'm in her heart to be right. She's offered herself for attorney general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, <laughs> I know you Peggy didn't get where she is not being Peggy. 
She got where she is by standing on the shoulders of someone else. The same is true. Now, Flossie didn't have anybody's shoulders to stand on, but she's provided strength and sturdy shoulders for others. What, you, what we want you to do, young folks, is learn from our mistakes. Learn from our experiences. Kathy did that when she ran. When you run with old folks, and that's what I try to get my grandson to understand, when you run with old folks, you get experience that you can't buy. Mm -hmm. right. And that will save you many, many a therapist's bill. <laughs> <laughs> you learn from your associates. And whether or not, believe it, a lot of times our children hear us. They don't do what we ask them to do. Mm -hmm. I remember I asked my daughter, I said, why did you do something? Didn't I get? She said, Mom, and those of you who know kind of, she said, Mom, I heard everything you said. It's good, but I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay with me. She heard. And young folks were giving you, you know, tips. If we tell you that if you go a hundred miles an hour down Lynch Street, if we don't tell you that there's a hole right before you get to a gate and you run down there and tell your car, if we don't tell you that, that's our fault. But if we tell you when and where and how fast to go, and you say, oh, and you bust your tire, and go before city council, <laughs> 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 you don't <laughs> And I suggest and I encourage you to work with these young folks. That's our future. And, and ladies, we know what it was, what the terrain was, what it was when we started. Only thing we can do at this point in time is vow that it will never, ever be the same. It may be almost as bad, but if we lose ground on everything, it's a sad state of affairs. And I truly believe that God has been with black folks and will continue to be with black folks. Because if you look at it, we're the most compassionate people on this earth. Mm -hmm. Except for each other. Mm -hmm. We forgive everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. Except us. Mm -hmm. But you know what? These young folks come along and they're showing us that we got to forgive each other. They are about that. So I don't want to, to, to take up any more time because it's very important that we understand who we are, whose we are, and upon whose shoulders we stand. We have African American female judges. I just smile every time I think of 
I never ever practiced before any black female judge except once, and I lost the case there. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's okay because the law was fairly applied. Mm -hmm. We have a promise with it. We got two African American women on the appellate court. Mm -hmm. One of whom is one of the smartest women I know. We got one black man on the Supreme Court. He's catching the devil. Got one white woman up there, Don Bain. You look at the circuit court here in Hines County. If I were practicing law, I would move back to Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. And we take a lot of pride in it. You know, when I saw one meet, I thought about the last time we were doing always pushing and moving and trying to make life better for young folks coming along. And I can say now, at my age, I am delighted to have been a part of and have participated in the movement, advanced movement for women in Mississippi. I thank you and I ask you to accept the challenge today. Most of you know today is Fat Tunes and I was so glad to get that cake. <laughs> <laughs> and tomorrow will be lit. We start with that. Ash Wednesday. And I always encourage all of us, whether we're Catholics, Baptists, Methodists, Church of God Christ, even atheists, to Make a sacrifice for yourselves and for your children. At least for 40 days. It's actually 46 days. Don't count Sunday. But do something to help somebody else. Even if it means giving up being negative for 46 days, you'd be surprised how much better you feel. <laughs> You know, I once gave up cursing. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be honest with you, but I don't lie because God knows my heart. <laughs> For 32 years, I gave up cursing. Never, ever made it to the third day. <laughs> the only time I was able to give it up was shortly after Trey was born. He was like two years old, and I gave up cursing. Because I realized I wasn't giving it up for me. Because I could still sign and get in that cuss all without giving it up. But I gave it up for him. Robots. Our children do as we do, not as we say. So I want to ask you to, to, to give up something. That's my challenge to you. My challenge to the younger women. Give up something or take on something positive for 40 days. And if you have to go back on Sunday, go back on Sunday. But give up something positive. I mean, do something positive, give up something negative. And if you do that, then the meal that we just enjoyed, which was absolutely delicious, delicious. the cake. 
We will pay you all back for that delicious meal. In closing, thank you so very much. And on behalf of the Legacy Change Agents in Scott County, right now we have about 254 that we provide mentoring to camps, uh, working with the nursing homes, uh, having parent meetings, trying to help the parents uh, basically raise the children in this very confusing world, especially from the national level and state level as well. Um, thank you so very much, and I guarantee you that money will be invested in the agents. And may God continue to richly bless each one of you. Thank you. Thank you. election March 12th. Oh, that's, that's correct. There is an election next Tuesday. Um, yeah, next Tuesday. Uh, District 71. That is the seat that was vacated by now Judge Andrew Wooten. There are three people who are in that race. We encourage you all to please, 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 if you live in District 71, those who that lives in District 71, please encourage them to go out and vote. That is a special election. Please recognize that person. That person, if they have already submitted because they had to qualify last Friday, um, we'll have to run again in August. But this is a very important seat. They'll get an opportunity to participate in this election cycle and uh, hopefully be an advocate or supporter of Planned Parenthood and those things that we care about and those things that we value um, in our communities. Are there any other announcements? Yes, ma'am. 
the members. Oh, I have a, I have a door prize for you. Thank you.